Mimosas with Michael. Mimosas with Michael. Mimosas with Michael. Everybody, uh, it's Michael Cologne with Mimosa with Michael, and my special guest this week. I know he was Nick Moss, but it's Nikolai Moss, right? That's your yes, Nikolai Moss, also go by Nick, aka Nick. It's very, very confusing, but literally half the people I meet call me Nikolai, and half them call me Nick. So it's whatever's easy for you. <laughs> well, what do you, what do you prefer then? Do you prefer Nick or Nikolai? I'll call you whatever you want. Yeah, call me Nick. You've been calling me Nick, right? So yeah, just call. Let's me just, Nick. Yeah, that's how I know you. So everybody, we have Nick Hello. Moss here. Um, so. I, we have, uh, we have a mutual friend. That's how I found you, my, my friend Guy Wilson. But um, I've been following your career for a minute here on Instagram, so you do a lot. Um, I'm just going to start with a big thing, which is I just want to – because it's going to be in the show notes, but you're an Emmy-winning actor. Uh, you are the first Emmy-winning actor, I believe, on my show. So thank you, for, uh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Hey, great. Yeah, happy to be here. And uh, so you, you won in 2017 for the show The Cobblestone Corridor. Correct. As Brock Larson, I was looking all this up before we met. I don't, I don't want to look like a dummy on the show. But how exciting. You, you won an Emmy. Like, what's that like? Oh, it's crazy. It's surreal. Um, and that show, like, we're still very, very proud of. Um, you can actually still stream that right now on PBS.org for free um, okay. if you want to. And it's five, Oh, now I have to watch it. Yeah, now you have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's five, um, five, about 25-minute episodes. Uh, it's about... Uh, prep boarding school it's set in a prep boarding school in Connecticut um, and basically follows a newspaper club as they solve the school's mysteries and uh, you know I play the jock good old boy from money that is uh, wreaking havoc and you know I'm not gonna lie the name yeah the name Brock Larson definitely sounds like a jock name yeah without a (laughs) doubt Um, but you so you're originally from Maryland I believe right but you, yeah, I was born in Maryland, grew up in Maryland and then Northern Virginia. And I, I kind of grew up all over the world. My dad uh, worked for the State Department. So I lived in uh, Belarus for two years when I was oh, wow. seven and eight. And then I lived in Warsaw, Poland for four years of high school. Oh, amazing. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then, you know, I went to college at GW, George Washington University in DC. Yeah. Um, and then I bounced around since, been in New York, and then now I'm out in LA. So, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you know, the West, West Coast is better. That's why. Plus, you, and you played piano. I saw that you that you played the piano. I thought that was the coolest thing because I grew up being a singer and a performer. So when I saw that you played the piano, I was like, "Bam! We have a band already. I love it." Oh, it's nice. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I uh, so like, to be honest, I probably need to brush up my skills just because everybody asks me to play piano. They see that I play it, and I've got the finger dexterity, but I can play heart and soul. I can't remember anything else, although I played it for, you know, I, I learned, yeah you know, for 11 years, I, I did eight years of classical and then three years of jazz. Jazz was so fun. Um, so I, I think that that maybe helped uh, kind of grow my artistic side a little bit and, and oh, that's whole, exciting. Yeah, feed into that without me knowing it because, you know, that was before I was even into acting. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, then what got you? Could you then how long have you been acting? Um, I've been acting since... 
since I was about 24, actually. Um, I was never really an actor. Yeah. Um, it's something I found later on. I was a soccer player pretty much my entire life. That's all I wanted to do. Okay. Um, and that's what I went for, you know, 100%. I, I played in Europe and then I had a you know full ride at George Washington University, played soccer there. Um, and then after that, I kept getting hurt. Uh, you know, I bounced around for about a year on like little, you know, two, three month trials and just kept getting hurt. And my body was just basically <laughs> telling, telling me that I was, you know, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So, right. Okay. So then yeah, how, um, then how does a soccer player go, go into, to an acting and then how does an actor like that? Then you win an Emmy. Like that's kind of a crazy story. I think. No, it, it, it is. Yeah. You couldn't script it because, well, you just never know. You just have to, I don't know. I think my, my soccer, years really helped inform when I started to, when I, every time I try to take on a new task or learn a new skill, um, yeah. or, you know, find, and I, this was like a passion. This was, you know, I, I didn't, I'm trying to remember the first time I was on stage and it was just like, Oh, this is, where has this been my entire life? This yeah. is what I'm supposed to do. And it's funny to find that after so much, you know, when you're like one thing your entire life and then that goes away, there's this huge void and you don't know what to do with yourself and you kind of feel like a big failure and you're like, wow, uh, that, that was like, I thought that was what I was supposed to do. So yeah. then finding acting was just so, so great. And then I just kind of, all the, all the discipline um, that I, you know, kind of was already in me from pursuing soccer so hard, uh, the discipline, the, t the teamwork, all that stuff, it, it all helps with acting training and just pushing through the failure and push it. I, I just started going to auditions. I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to get, get myself used to performing. And, you know, I just you know, took every chance I could to perform and then got into class. And then it just kind of grew from there. Well, it's, it's kind of like in a sense with my, like I, I knew as a young age, I mean, I started singing at the age of five, started writing at the age of 10. So I always knew I was going to be artistic. Oh, that's great. And I, and I wanted to, to be a writer, <clears throat> but then about the age of 30, I was like, I really don't, I was just working in a full-time job and I was like, I gotta do something different. So that's why I ended up just walking off my job one day and making movies. That's around the time that I met um, Guy actually, because we, we worked on a, a short film together. And what's interesting is um, now that I'm a little bit older and I've been doing this a lot longer, like I find myself directing a lot more and I still write. Like I'm in the middle of writing a script with my writing partner. I write all the time, but I've also been directing a lot, which I never really thought I was going to do. It just kind of, yeah. So I didn't do it because I'd been, um, I've been a script supervisor for about 14 years. So it's like after working on so many movies, I kind of just understood the process and directing became like a natural progression, but like, I never sought to be a director. It just was one of those things that happened. It just kind of happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I get, I guess we're going to explore this road now. And now I'm actually having the best time. And that's it, good. That's, that's growth. You know, that's, that's kind of, of course, yeah. how it should be. I feel like, and especially for anybody in the, in the creative field, all every one of these that we like to put all these boundaries around. All right, writer. All right, director. All right, actor. Script supervisor. But it's all it all informs the other. And you know, knowing this job is really yeah. actually going to end up helping you in ways that you can't even predict. Which I wasn't even prepared for. Yeah. Well, that's why people like, oh, like, what do you do? And then when I go to networking events or I'm on red carpets and stuff, you know, you always have those slashes. And I was like, I hate. So I just I'm a filmmaker because that's really what I am. You right. know, I write, I direct. I'm on set. I've helped other people. So it's like, I just, that's my one slash. But then my other slashes is I'm, I'm a podcaster, which I do do this. And now I've gotten into photography. 
So kind of overall, I'm just an artist. Yeah. Which is That's much more fascinating. I've never been an athlete, so it's great that I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I grew up a little gay boy in Orange County, or I'm just left-handed, but I could never get into. I tried so hard to get into sports. It was not something I could do. Not yeah. for lack of trying. I did like volleyball. I was really good at volleyball, but oh, I and love bowling. Volleyball. And bowling, isn't that weird? <laughs> hey, I, I love sports in general. I mean, like, I'll, I could spend, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just competitive, I guess, by nature. So it just, I really enjoy, and it's not even really, like, competitive with other people. Yeah, sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're always kind of trying to compete against yourself and get better. And I just think, yeah. I guess they always had that, um, that kind of drive. I do think that's important. And a little bit. I mean, not to be the competitive part, but you always kind of want to be finding ways to push yourself as an artist because then it's like you kind of, then you're always plateauing. But if you keep pushing yourself, it's like, I'm proud of the stuff that I've worked on. I look back on it. I go, that's so cool. But it's like, I'm not that, that artist or that guy anymore because I keep pushing myself. Right. I suppose it's a give and take. Like I don't, I'm probably never going to be happy with anything I do because I always want to keep striving. But then I feel bad because I feel like I'm never happy with anything I've done. Which is, an, which is an odd statement. I really happy with everything I've done. But you know what I'm saying. It's like. Oh, no, I exactly know what you're saying. And I mean, but that, that's what keeps you going. That's, you know. Yeah. That's what keeps you motivated, keeps you interested, keeps you. If you're just doing the same thing over and over again, then this doesn't, you know, doesn't feed you anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been, it's been interesting to try and find, like, going through the, um, the pandemic and quarantine of, like, trying to find ways to stay creative with, in, in an environment where you can't be, it's kind of hard, you know, when you're stuck at home and you like, so I don't know. I think that's why a lot of people started doing TikTok because they were like, I got to be creative. I mean, that's why I picked up the podcast again. So I had to find ways to be creative, man. I was going to go insane. Well, it's just good to have a conversation with somebody in the industry that's kind of might know what you're going through or at least a little bit. Um, whereas, you know, friends and family, they might know, but they, you know, they got different, different lives a lot yeah. of times once they're in the industry. So. Which I'm the only one in my family that is. So <laughs> yes. they like hearing the stories. They're just like, Oh, my mom's always like, that's nice son. I'm like, no, cause she doesn't really get it. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. They look, they, they're just happy that I'm happy. Um, and they like that every once in a while they get to come to set and meet actors. So that's kind of cool. But other than that, it's just like, you're happy. Okay, good. So then, there you go. So yeah, it is. I. That's why I strive to to talk to people like you because you totally get it. You're like, you understand both the highs and the lows. Oh my gosh, yeah, and it's it's funny. Yeah, right now is just interesting because it's you know everything's just poof gone, right? But then I don't know. There's been a lot of interesting people are still trying to create work. I mean, I'm in pre-production on a on a short and I don't want to jinx it, but we're trying to figure out a way to shoot a short um, during this time with, you know, whatever resources, you know, the resources we have. And it's a very specific story that does work um, in, you know, in this kind of atmosphere, um, just the way we're shooting it. So that'll be interesting. We'll see how that goes. I've done some, I, <laughs> I've never done via a lot of, uh, you know, audio drama work, but I just did, I just recorded two different, two different roles in, uh, in audio dramas. One is a rom-com. One's like a thriller. Uh, the rom-com's coming out June 1st. So we will see. Wait, what's that one? Is that the one you've been posting about? 
Yeah, that's the one I posted about. It's called um, Honeymoon for One. It's by a new uh, it's a podcast company called Romcom Pods, and they're just going to do romcoms. And it's a series, so it's dropping June first. Um, if you want to hear me sing, amazing, and I say that in quotation marks, yeah. karaoke, um, then then yes, please tune in because that was a lot of fun. I've never done okay, that. Before, we'll put so. the, the link for the show in the the show notes. That'd be awesome. Oh, sweet, thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So my friends and I are in the process of doing this horror web series called safer at home, which is sort of like these people are stuck in a pandemic and then it's just like, it's, it's a thriller. Um, but they're kind of shooting with people that are always with each other so we can kind of be safe. But, um, now that LA's opened up a bit more, it's a little bit easier. I think, I mean, people are still being distant, but there's less restrictions. So it's like, okay, I guess. Like I had a friend call me the other day and he goes, Hey, look, now that we're opening up, it's like, if I had like less than 10 people on a set and we had masks and gloves, would you come direct something? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll tell you. But it's like, mm -hmm. we're not just being creative, like in front of the camera, we're trying to be creative behind the camera, which is kind of fascinating. So I just, I say that to say that I definitely think you can find a way to shoot your short because everybody seems to be doing it. So there's definitely ways. Well, right. And it's interesting. People, people tend to see, um, constraints and limitations as like a bad thing and actually more often than not you'll you can find that um having the having limitations having these constraints helps you kind of focus in in a way that you wouldn't have had to before um and you're going to get something that you you never would have got before you never you may not have even sprung to to push yeah. yourself to do this but hey state of everything um we want to be creative. We're trying to look for an outlet and it's like, the, you know, it's the perfect time. So, you know, just finding ways to stay, <laughs> stay, stay creative, I, create art, you know? Yeah. Well, I feel like I've been busier than I ever have been because, um, well, I mean, cause I've been taking a lot of like, I'll take like a day trip and I'll go somewhere. And because I've been studying photography, I'll just take my camera and take pictures. And that's kind of nice because I can still frame shots like I would if I was directing, but it kind of helps. I feel like I'm still utilizing my skills, you know? And then, yeah, that's um, really cool. but I'm also like, I was hired to write my, my writing partner and I were hired to write scripts. So, I mean, people are still looking for content. I feel like I'm busier now than I was before we went into quarantine. Wow. That's, which I mean, is, that's great. I know. It's very interesting. <laughs> my manager, I talk about that all the time. He's like, you're so busy. I'm like, but that's the thing is like, I had a bunch of short films and stuff that I was working on and now people are like, we just need content. Give us your, give us your stuff. And it's just like, okay, right. it's yeah. Mind blowing. So, I mean, I'm grateful for that. Um, and it's trying to find like, I think it's just trying to find ways to see the light at the end of the tunnel and still be safe. And I wish more people took this seriously. It's frustrating that they don't, but I know it's scary times. It's like a global, just, I don't know, state of like, what's going to happen. Um, and that's not a good feeling, but what can, you know, what can kind of alleviate all that, the fear, the nervousness and all that is just kind of focusing on one project at a time. And if you're, I mean, if you, if you can find a way to, you know, to just work on something, something little, it, it really does help, help you feel like, okay, I did, I did this, you know, I'm not sitting here screaming with, you know, you know, nothing to do with myself. Like, ah, you know, it, yeah. it, it helps you get through the, the, the bad parts. Um, it's, but also yeah. I think it's really funny that, you know, the state of everybody being locked inside and this uncertainty, it's like, I don't know a lot as an actor, as I know writers, I mean, in your, your filmmaker in the industry, a lot of times 
that kind of not knowing the ups and downs that everybody's been experiencing is kind of what it's similar to what we experience, you know, on a day-to-day basis anyway. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's really funny. Cause you were like, I don't know what to do with myself. And I was like, it's really weird because there'll be at least a two or three week period that I'm probably not on set. Right. Until you book the next job or, I mean, it's very rare, yeah. but I just if, when I'm not filming, I just wake up at nine and I go sit right in front of my desk and I work on writing or stuff. So like, the adjustment period was fine. I was like, no, I, I'm used to this. This isn't about the only uncertainty part was I knew that there would, it would be a longer period of time before I find work. Cause usually, yeah, usually have work in the distance. So you're like, Oh, for three weeks, I'm fine. So I think that was, a, that was a, the hardest part. It wasn't like trying to find ways to be creative. Cause I already know how to fill my time. It was more like we're literally for the first couple of weeks. I would just sit there going, wow, we're actually in the middle of a global pandemic. This, this is, like this is stuff I would normally write about and now we're actually living it. And I think that was like the, that was probably the part. It wasn't, it wasn't that I needed to find things to do. It was just like, Oh shit. If I walk out of my house, it's really unsafe, you know, in a lot of ways. So I think that was probably the hardest part for me. was like really owning the fact that we were in a global pandemic and we had to find ways to be safer. Right. So there you go. That's just, that was what I was, but you, I think you're right. It's like, we we're so used to having like, days off a certain amount of time, you know, where it's like everybody goes to work five days a week, but you know, it's like as an actor, you could be work three days a week and then not work again for two weeks a month. You know, it's like, yeah. 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 And luckily we're kind of, a lot of us are well equipped to handle how it's going to be, um, you know, self taping like, you know, in-person castings, it doesn't seem like that's coming back anytime soon. Um, unless something really changes. Um, but a lot of us luckily are or have been because that's the trend anyway, you know, have been getting set up for that. So maybe this is a good motivator to, to figure that out. <laughs> Dude, I know it's, it's been a, it's been, it's fun to try and find creative ways to be creative. So, um, is there, if you, is there a specific role that you haven't played yet that you want to play? Cause I know you said you're still oh, fairly new to it. Oh, I, asked I, it love, I love, I love, I love bad guy roles uh, because they're just so fun. I knew you were going to say that. Just go for it. But I've never done a, like been like a, like a, in in like a horror film where I, where I just get to go around killing everybody. You know what I mean? I've never done that. (laughs) Oh my God, Nikolai, we have to put you in a horror movie. Oh, we got to do it. Okay. We're going to do it. Okay. You heard it here first. We're putting you in a horror movie, but I do want to tell you this. I ask every actor I have on the show if they could play any, particular character and they always want to play a bad guy because bad guys are very challenging. Like it's easy to be the good guy. You just kind of come in and look like you, you know, but like a bad guy, it, it takes like, I think it takes a lot of depth and like, cause you're not innately bad. So you have to find those ways to be bad. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They're well, very intense. Yeah. Characters. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm really a good, perfect person. Um, so <laughs> it's really difficult. <laughs> Even the, no, I'm just kidding. Got, yeah, I, yeah, no, yeah. but, <laughs> but what's fun about it is that like a lot of times, yeah, if you're playing the, you know, the the good guy, um, you have to be, you have to be good. Or a lot of times at least it's written that way and you have to find ways to kind of question that or deviate, you know, push yeah. that boundary. Uh, whereas if you're the bad guy, you know, a lot of times you can just, and it's the exact place you want to be as an actor is just, you're, you can be a, spontaneous and just like something pops in and you're just, you yeah. just go for, it. I mean, it's kind of how you want to be anyway, but 
there's I feel like when I'm playing a bad a bad guy a character that's just not he's 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 the antagonist he can really yeah. play with a lot of different things and just finding fun ways to you know to intimidate to mess with the you know whoever he's up against so it's it's just a lot of fun yeah well we definitely have to get you yeah I didn't know you hadn't done a horror movie you know horror is my favorite genre so I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mostly do horror. People think I'm a horror filmmaker. I mostly do horror. I have directed pretty much everything, but I mostly do horror. Oh. And I think horror is just one of my favorite genres anyways, because um, I've been noticing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that I do horror. Yeah. You know, it's only because, um, I, I really don't know why I kind of, well, when I was a kid, I grew up in a haunted house, I think. And so I think I just sort of like, are, we, are you serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Yeah. That's a what whole, you, mean you grew up in a haunted house, like, yeah, like, house, like a haunted house in Virginia beach that like, you just lived in one of those or, or like, you mean like an actual haunted house? Like, no, I mean, when I, when I was a kid, um, the house I grew up in was just that was haunted. We saw things. I used to hear voices. It was terrifying. Oh yeah. Terrifying. Um, terrifying. Yeah. It was unbelievably terrifying. Am I going to hear voices now? No, I mean, like, I only heard it a couple of times, but it was just like, we only lived there until I was about 12 and then we moved to Riverside and we grew up in a house out there, but that house, we lived on a housing track and that house was like, so if this was like the housing track, it was like the very last house and it faced away from everybody. So the whole housing track was behind us and in front of us was like all orange groves. So we grew up, we moved wow. to a haunted house from, from Orange County to Riverside and it was more terrifying because we were in the middle of nowhere. So it was just like my imagination would run wild. But I remember my sister um, sleptwalk a lot when she was in the house. She would sleepwalk. And I, I don't know if you know this, but I have a twin sister. And oh, so no, I didn't we, know that. Yeah. So we were really, really close. We would sleep in the same room in the same bed because we were when we were kids. And then when I got older, I was like, "No, mom, I'm a young man now. I gotta have my own room." But she would, she would call me in the middle of the night, like, "Michael!" Like she would scream, and I'd run into her room, and she would just look at me, and then just like lay back down. And I was like, "It was crazy." And she would sleepwalk all the time. That house was, I do. The house was terrifying. So I think I just wow. kind of like respect horror. But of course, my cousin was a huge horror fan and we were really close as kids. So I think just because of that, I grew up in horror, but I do like everything. I don't want people to think that, but I do. And I have a lot of horror context. So that's why it's like, everybody's like, Oh, am I allowed to be in your podcast? It's a horror podcast. I was like, mimosas with Michael is not a horror podcast. Mimosas. It's just Killer like mimosas. I should, yeah, we should have like horror mimosas. Yeah. I still remember. I love, horror. I love the horror genre. I mean, some movies are better than others, but if you can really, really surprise me, I'm like, I'm in. Like, I, I still remember watching Saw, the first Saw for the first time. Yeah. And it's still one of my best twists when the dead body, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this, but have you seen <laughs> I mean, Saw? Been a few years. I think you've, I've seen it. Yeah, I think most people have seen it by now. Okay, yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, but the dead body at the end, he stands up and he walks out. Like, to me, that was like, oh my God, that was yeah. so good. Like, no one was expecting that. Well, so, so I think Saw was great because it, it was such a, but I'm not a big fan of the actual franchise itself because I'm not really big on like gross horror because um, yeah. that isn't horror to me. It's horrific, but I like, I like ghost stories. I love slashers. I love um, thrillers, really. I think thrillers are fun. So did you like, you liked uh, Haunting of Hill House, right? I did. I thought it was great. That was so good. I thought it was oh. so effing creepy. I mean, my house wasn't that haunted. I'm it was sad that. too. It was sad too. It was like had all this like heart in there, and like it wasn't just like a, a scary thing. It was like yeah. a, oh, like you almost fell for the ghost. I know. Oh. Well, there's supposed to be a suit. 
is this supposed to be a sequel, right? I believe. I another, hope so. Not a sequel, but like a second season. There should I hope be. So. No. I can't believe you haven't done a horror. I'm sad now. I know. All right. If any of my I've, producers, done thriller, I've done thrillers. I've done a lot of comedies. I've done, yeah, dramas, but no, yeah, no, no pure horror yet. Okay. So. And you have such a very, like, all-American look, so I'm surprised you haven't done a lot of any Lifetime stuff or Hallmark. Have you? Yeah, I know. I've, I've been very close, um, but oh, yeah, yeah, hasn't happened yet. <laughs> you kind of have that look, so I, it wouldn't surprise me if in if like in a couple of years you're like Michael, I'm doing my first Lifetime. I mean, I've written a few that I'm in the process of selling, so you might even be in one of mine. You never know. Oh, there we go. Very small industry. <laughs> you never know. Um, but they're fun. I mean, you know, people people see them and they're such kind of feel good movies. So they're. Yeah. There's a genre there and you know, there's expectations with that genre and the more you hit the genre a lot of times and just finding a different way into the genre. Um, that's kind of like a little bit unique and fresh that. Well, I think in this sort of age where, um, everybody's kind of like just feeling uncertain and a little uneasy, maybe those kind of movies are great because they're so feel good. You know, they're just, they always play great music and, that's yeah, my thing like, I bet they're very popular right now just because of that so do you do you ever do any sports or still or no oh yeah I still play I play soccer all the time um I still I still love it I still it's like kind of my go-to stress reliever um I try to play like two three times a week um if I can which means I'm kind of going crazy now uh, you really but, oh man you're probably going straight crazy yeah, yeah. Well, I've run, but you know, I'm, and I've got like a home gym I've set up. Like I literally, they closed all the gyms, and I literally ordered the last bench from Sears and drove two hours to pick it up because otherwise, I'd be sitting here for three months with nothing to do. You know, just push up. So, I have to be honest, I haven't been working out. I'm so ashamed to admit that, but it's okay. Um, but I walk every day just because I need, I want, I get antsy, so I need to like. Like I'll exhaust all my creativity and then I'm like, I got to get out of this effing house. So I'll just walk around. And I love that, but I need yeah, to even be, walk's good. need to be exercising more. Ugh. That's okay. I'll, I'll get there. Um, cause I was going to order, I was ordered like weights and stuff, but then right at the beginning of the quarantine, all the weights where you couldn't find anything anywhere. Right. And then I just kind of, because of me. It as it I ordered all of them. Yeah. <laughs> you were the one, you were the one. And then I stopped looking. Cause I was like, well, there's no reason to keep looking. And then I just use that as an excuse to never get back online and look again, I guess. So, um, but I think, I don't know. I, I think well, so. Do you have a routine? Do you have like a routine in your, to your day or is it just haphazard? Have you been like sticking to like a, yeah. a schedule or every day around nine o'clock I wake up and make coffee and I sit at my desk and, I mean, I, here's the thing. Even if I have nothing to write, I, I'm still like editing photos or I'll update my website or I'll email people looking for work or I'll follow up. I mean, it's just, I've always been that way. Um, it, it's interesting because I'm not very disciplined with workout, which I could be. I'm just very disciplined with my day because um, when I'm not on set, I have to try and get on set, you know, so it's always been like a hustle and it's just a habit now. Yeah. I mean, it's very rare. In fact, my writing partner one day, um, my manager and I were talking and he's like, he goes, man, he worries about you. He goes, you never take a day off. And I go, I, eh. that's probably true. I'm, I'm single. So I, it's probably a little bit easier because I don't have like, mm-hmm. I don't have somebody going, Lip. but I will tell you, there will be times that I'll just be like, man, I need to take like a few hours off 
And um, I'll just get in my car and go somewhere. And now that I've been studying, because I took up photography earlier this year, because I was supposed to take a few trips. So I went to Mazalan for my birthday in February. And then my father and I were supposed to travel to Europe in April for his birthday. And it was his first time traveling to Europe. Oh, um, man. I know. I know. I was going to take pictures. So, but it's okay because we still have the, the same flight. We just have to push it back. But I'll just go. Like the other day, because I love lighthouses and I hadn't taken any photos of lighthouses. So I went down to San Pedro and took pictures. And then the other day I went up to um, the poppies up in Lancaster. So it's, I do get out. And I do try to like stay oh, – nice. Motivated or something. Is that going on? Yeah. Yeah. You should go as soon as you can, because I think it's, it pretty much goes April and May. So nice. I don't okay. know how much longer it goes. And right now I we're, we record this, we record this ahead of time. I know. So this will probably air in June, but um, right now there's also the bioluminescent waves. Have you been to, to the beach recently? Okay. Okay. So I heard about that and then I drove along I was like on Pacific Coast Highway and this is during the day. So I could see like this reddish tint. Yeah. The waves. And then also you roll the window down and it smells really strong. And I kind of, we kind of like looked up what that was and it's actually the bioluminescent. That's yeah. what that is. But during the day, during it's day. red. During the day, it's red. Yeah. Okay. They, there's a specific, but at night, yeah, you have to go at night. That's kind of cool. I haven't, I haven't seen the red part of it, but at night, um, they, they, and I did a, I did a, um, a blog about it because I do a travel blog and I had a little video, but basically like they look like they're blue neon. It's like blue neon. So these waves crash over and it's for the most part, they're kind of cool, but then you'll get one that's just like vibrant, like neon blue. And you're like, it's insane how crazy it looks. That's crazy. That's still and, going on. Maybe I got I to. Yeah, I think it's still going on. Yeah. And it goes. That's cool. My understanding is it's. It, I've seen it before, I feel like, but it goes all the way down to, to like San Diego. Like, so it's all up and down the coast. Wow. I'm telling you, I went to Santa so Monica. Travel block. So is there anything you don't do? Michael, you got travel block. No, I know. I, do. I actually started acting recently too. Oh, there you go. Um, How's that? How's that transitioning into that after doing everything else behind the scenes? Because I, mine, you know. I haven't, I haven't won an Emmy yet, so I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, well, you know I grew up being an actor. Like I, like I said, I've been performing since I was five, but oh, when I was growing up, I never wanted to be like acting. Wasn't the thing I wanted. Acting was not my thing. It really was writing. But then, um, there was a, um, my manager has a client that was doing a, um, a movie that we could do safely over social distancing. And I was like, I'll give it a try. And then my friends are doing this web series and I was like, I, I'll do a role in it. That's fine. Cause you need somebody. Right. I, and even sometimes as a script supervisor, I've been on a movie and they'll be like, we need somebody to play like a cop real quick or something. And I'll just do it. And I've always been like, so I have like all these IMDb credits just because I'm already on set. Oh, that's great. So I was like, well, I might as well do it. But, um, I really am trying to transition out of script supervising more and really trying to do more writing, directing and stuff. So I, I don't, I'm not an actor. I don't want people to think that like, I'm not trying to take roles from people. It's just, I love being in front of the camera. I think it's fun. I clearly have no problem talking. You know what I'm saying? I've been, I have no problem in front of a crowd of people. My, I did so well in my communications class. My teacher was like, when she would have students that couldn't figure out how to do their speeches, she's like, go talk to Michael. He'll help you. And I'd have to like help all these. Yeah, I have no problem. You know, I used, to be, a credit, right? <laughs> I used, to, I used to be a spoken word artist. So I used to do a lot of poetry and, and um, performances. Oh, when I was first year in LA. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I've had an interesting Great. life in a lot of ways. I mean, not a, I think yours I bet is, that informs the writing. You know, like all of that is great because then you can just use all that when you're writing. I've well, been recently writing as well. Um, good for you. And I find it great. I, I find it kind of an, an amazing outlet that, you know, if you would talk to me. Look, if you had talked to me when I was 18 and said I would be acting in you know, five years, I would have laughed you out of the room. And then if you had said that five years later, I'd be writing and I've, you know, I just finished a pilot and I'm writing it. I've written a short film, I'm writing a feature. And I'm just like, you know, churning it out. And it, it's, an, if I would have laughed you out of the room even, even further. <laughs> because I, well, I'll tell you, when I was a kid growing up, I, um, I used to spend a lot of time when kids would play at recess, I had a clipboard with paper and I would just sit there and write. And I remember, in eighth grade, we had um, we'd watched Gone with the Wind, and one of our assignments was like, we had to write the sequel, like, does Rhett Butler come back, or all this stuff. And the teacher's like, oh, just write like a half a page or a page sequel to Gone with the Wind. And I was like, um, like, what's our maximum number of pages? And she's like, it only has to be like a half a page or a page. I was like, yeah, but I have some ideas. So like, how many pages can I write? She's like, no more than 10. I wrote eight and a half. And I would have nice. wrote more. I would have wrote more, but halfway through, I was trying to finish it up, and the and the um, my friend goes, "What are you doing?" I go, "I gotta finish this." He goes, "Holy shit!" There's like eight pages here. And the teacher goes, "You have an A. I don't even care." And I was like, "Yes." But that's what I. I don't want to be a novelist, and I wanted to be a playwright. I never wanted to be a. Like a I, I take that back. I think subconsciously I wanted to be like a filmmaker, but I never wanted to be like. I definitely um. Didn't have like, my end goal wasn't film. And, you know, in 2011, I did have a play produced, which I was never – if you'd have told me, like, when I was a kid, I'd have a play serious? produced. serious? Yeah. Congrats. Was, That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. It was uh, the weirdest thing. I don't know. I never thought it would happen because, like, I really wanted to be a novice. I was like, I'm going to be a novice. I'm going to write books when I get older. I wrote a book of poetry, but I've never written an actual novel. And now, I mean, in, my, in the last, like, five years, I've probably written ten movies. So it's like I'm definitely a filmmaker through and through now all the way. I should have known. I mean, my we used to take a lot of road trips as kids, and my parents bought like a video camera at the time. It was VHS, and I mean, I would make movies with my cousin and his friends and my sister in our backyard. So I mean, I really should have known I was going to be a filmmaker. I think subconsciously I knew. Yeah, it's just hard. Like you don't know. Like the stuff you do as kids, and you play around, and you know, you're just having fun. You're just doing it to you know to because it's fun. You want to try this, try that. Um, you don't think of it necessarily as like, oh, this is what I want to do. Like, it, it, unless it's that one thing that you're going for. But like, you just—I I don't know. I think that's a great thing about life. It's just it's different stages, and you can you can always just find find that new passion or that passion mm -hmm. that you're always supposed to find later on. You know, you don't have to have it figured out from the beginning. Most of us don't. The, expect the expectation that we have to is also, I think kind of ridiculous like that's what it, it's about finding that and you find it by trying new things and you find it by you know pushing yourself and growing and all of that stuff so limiting yourself is just well i do tell people i never i didn't find film film found me so it was kind of like because i literally had no idea I mean, like it just sort of like intercepted me and i was like oh i guess i guess we're going down this road and now it's like i can't imagine doing anything else do you know what i'm saying i love it i want to do yeah. every aspect um and with that said we actually hit our our uh, limit i just was I mean, so much fun. I could t we could talk all day, but um, the listeners will be like, okay, stop talking. We, we get it. Um, so where can people find you? 
You're really uh, easy to find. You're just like, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, you're all over yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I'm on, yeah, Instagram at Nikolai Moss. So N-I-K-O-L-A-Y Moss. Um, I spell it weird, <laughs> but, but, but I like how it's spelled. I just, it's, most people spell it with, a, with an I. Um, that's oh, yeah. the Russian side of my, my family coming out. And then you can find, I mean, you can find me on Facebook. Twi- Twitter is Nikolai Moss as well. Um, I have a website. I'm on IMDb. I've got a, uh, a comedy that we shot in New York two and a half years ago called Double Belgian. It's a, you know, two guys trying to start a brewery and we fail so miserably. Um, hey, you've been posting about that. That one looks awesome. I said you were posting about that. I love it. You yeah, were yeah. About that recently. That's yeah. Good. We'll have to check that out. And I'll definitely put all all of your links and everything in, in the show notes so people can just click on it and find you. It would be really easy. Oh, great. Thanks. That's awesome. No, it's so much easier because, I mean, it's great to say it, but it's also like at the end, you just click on it and follow you. It'll be easy. <laughs> you guys, yeah. please follow Nikolai. Please reach out. Watch all of his movies. Um, as you can see, he's very fascinating. Um, I had no idea because we never really, really talked before. So you're um, very fascinating. And we're definitely, definitely have to put you in a horror movie. But you want to be the hey, killer. You're fascinating too, man. You 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 got me beat on like <laughs> different skit. Like I I need to I don't know. I need up my game here. <laughs> it's only because I'm older. Don't you'll be there. I promise. Hey, I haven't won an Emmy yet. So when I have an Emmy, then we can be equals. No, I'm just. Yeah, kidding. we can joust with them. Yeah, we'll just. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we then then we both have to win an Oscars. So we just have to keep upping our game. Oh right, totally. And then we should get. We'll have to get an EGOT. That's really what we have. To, that's our end goal. EGOTs. Oh my gosh. Look, I'm just really happy about that show. And it, it really turned out so well because, I don't know, every single person we had on it just did a really amazing job. And, That's amazing, man. you know, you don't get the kind of quality we got without that kind of team effort. Yeah. Uh, no, the writing was fantastic. I mean, we, we run, the, the writer um, was also the executive producer and director, and he won, he won an Emmy for writing and an Emmy for directing. So you, t- you can see how, you know, I don't know, the quality on that project was, you know, amazing. Um, now I feel, now I feel guilty that I haven't seen it. So I, I'm definitely going to watch it. So we'll have something else to talk about. Um, dude, please keep in touch. We're definitely going to talk more because we have a lot to, I think, talk about away from the show. Um, but with that, everybody, Nikolai Moss, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it goes so fast and I actually let this show go longer because this is such a great conversation. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Dude. Thank you so much. We'll have to have guy on the show now. Yes, you have to, you have to, I've been we trying. do, We'll, we'll get Guy on and, you know, bring me in or something like that. Oh, that'd be cool. We'll want, do like I don't know if you do multiple. Heck, heck, yeah. I'm open to any reason. If any reason to talk to cool people, I'm down. You can never, ever. Yeah, I'm open to it. Anyways, you can um, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Anchor, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and we are also at mimosaswithmichael.com. Thank you so much, Nick. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. 